0: Good morning. morning. Happy Palm Sunday to you. Hopefully everyone has a palm. Here in just a moment during our first hymn, you know that every time we sing Hosanna or anything like it, you need to wave them like maniacs. And I think to do that, we should practice. So I'm going to say Hosanna and make sure you all have palms that you can wave like maniacs. Hosanna. They're very good. They're very good at it. Okay, the choir approves. You are choir approved. I love it. There's just a couple of announcements before we begin. Hopefully, if you were able to attend our little soiree and hat conga line, um, you enjoyed that just a few moments ago in the gym. Uh, We do have some Holy Week um, plans this week. First, uh, tomorrow is the last downtown Lenten worship service. Uh, Central Presbyterian Church is hosting it. It's at 1215 tomorrow. Those services last about half an hour, and this week I'm preaching it. So this will be the last one in the Lenten series. Of course, Thursday and Friday here in the sanctuary, we will have a Maundy Thursday service and a Good Friday service, both of those at 6 p.m. that we would love to have you attend. And of course, Easter morning will be 9 and 11 next Sunday. I think I had another announcement. Phil has Sunday school next week. That was not my announcement, but I will share with you. There will be adult Sunday school next week uh, with Larry and with. Will there be Larry? Larry will be out of town, so you can come to Phil's class. With all of those announcements in mind, let's remain seated and let's worship God.
1: Our call to worship this morning comes to us from Psalm 118. We'll read the beginning and the end. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let us pray. Holy God, as we worship you on this sacred Sunday, we pray that your spirit would be present in our midst, binding us together anew as brothers and sisters to one another and helping us during this time of worship to set aside all distractions and focus fully on you and your presence in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. remain standing, and let us confess our sin now before God and one another using the prayer printed in our bulletins. Uh, I will point out to you that there is a moment of silent prayer at the end. Let us pray. Jesus, Jesus Prince. Prince of Peace, you came to us with humility and grace. Forgive us our sin of pride. Forgive us our sin of spite. Jesus, lover of the lost, you spoke of forgiveness even in your darkest days. Forgive us our sin of hatred. Forgive us our hard hearts. Jesus, Savior of the world, you used your life to point us toward God. Forgive our misplaced priorities. Forgive our wasted time. In this holiest of weeks, hear our confession. Amen. My friends, who is in a position to condemn? It is only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone, and the new life has come. Know that you are forgiven, and be at peace. And let us sing to God's glory. Amen.
0: seated as we prepare to hear God's Word let's pray Lord you are our rock you are our refuge We pray that you would stand fast in our lives this day, that you would be the solid ground upon which we stand. As we hear your word read, proclaimed, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work. It would be a living word in our lives, in the life of this community, in the life of your world. It is in your name that we pray, amen. We have two scriptures this morning. The first is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice, or make it heard in the street, a bruised reed he will not break, a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlines wait for his teaching. And now from John's Gospel, you can imagine what the passage is for this morning. All four Gospels tell the story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. Lazarus, or J- John puts it in the setting of Lazarus, though. Lazarus has just been brought back from the dead, and so tension is growing uh, right before Jesus enters Jerusalem. Here is God's word. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. The next day, The great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you. To the king of Israel. We had some waving over there. Jesus then found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Of course, we all make mistakes all the time. Uh, it was about a month ago when I realized I'd made a terrible mistake. Here was uh, one of the doozies. Now, you may or may not know, but uh, every Wednesday morning, right here, I lead a chapel with our four- and five-year-old class at. Hobson Preschool. And back in the fall, I thought I had a fantastic idea. This is how these things begin, right? I thought, well, for the fall, I'll teach them about King David. And then starting, you know, late November and as we get close to Advent, we'll switch to the New Testament and I'll teach them about Jesus. This is going to be great. And so all fall we learned about King David. You know, he has all those adventures. To highlight, children love it, his friendship with Jonathan, his escapes from Saul, him being anointed king over all his older brothers, and of course you know the favorite. What is the favorite of King David? The giant Goliath. See you still know the giant Goliath is the best part. So we learned about it all fall and then last month I realized my mistake. I was teaching them about Jesus, which we have been doing since late November, as I mentioned. And I held up a children's Bible, and I showed a picture of Jesus teaching a crowd how to pray. And I said to the children, who is this man teaching all the people? And every single child shouted, David. I have ruined them, everyone, by the way. And I said, well, um, no, this isn't David. Remember, we're talking about Jesus now, and we have been for months. And one of the children, I believe in the way Peter represents the disciples in the Gospels. You know, he says what everyone's thinking. Very much like Peter, this little boy raised his hand, and he said, that's great, Pastor Tasha, but can we get back to David again? I say all of this to tell you it has taken some convincing to move them on to Jesus. (laughs) This has taken some convincing and it's only been in the last month since I realized it was all David all the time and I made an extra effort. It's only been in that month that they've grown interested in him much at all in comparison. And then just when they are interested, we hit Holy Week. And some very difficult things have to be shared just when They have started to love him. Some hard stories have to be told. If you have ever needed a reminder of how rated R this week is, of how rated R what happens to Jesus next is, then try to explain it to a four-year-old. You will catch yourself every phrase you're thinking, caution, caution, explicit material ahead. Caution, that sign's right there. It's our sign for this week. There's no way to sugarcoat what happens to Jesus this week. Caution. He will be arrested. He will be tormented and tortured. He will be mocked. And then he'll be hung on a cross until his body gives out. Caution. It is certainly the right sign for Holy Week. Now I know... Most of us in this room have not been four for a long time, and some of us are going to be soon. But for those of us who have not been four for a very long time, hopefully violence and explicit content still does get to us. Hopefully that does matter. We need caution in that area. But there is even more important reason for us adult types to use caution this week. The problem for us is not gonna be the explicit material. The more likely cause for a collision this week for us is going to be misunderstanding. We misunderstand the whole thing all week long. It's what caution signs are made for, right? We fit that version of caution better. You know, if you're driving down the road and you see the sign caution, you know that what it means is that something about the road ahead is not going to be how you think it should be. Something has changed about this road than how you always thought it would be, how you expected it to be. Take caution on this road. And it's the same for us this week. With Jesus each of us makes assumptions about almost everything that that's how our human brains work of course it is but we need to be careful when we make assumptions about Jesus the picture we have of Jesus it may not be altogether correct. It reminds me of an incident, uh, another preschool class, another generation ago. I remember a little boy was standing there with his children's Bible, and it had pictures in it. And he showed the entire class. He said, my Bible has photographs. And then he proceeded to tell the whole class, this is what Jesus looks like in the photo. This is what God looks like. I have the photo. We can do that, right? We can say, this is what Jesus looks like. This is what he's like, I have the photo in my hand, and Palm Sunday sits here in our way. Palm Sunday is the marker, the reminder that says, your picture is not a photograph. It may not be altogether correct. On this day, as you well know, because we just waved the palms, we celebrate that Jesus entered into that capital city with cheering crowds. We celebrate that they waved their palms and they sang songs, all for him. It is a picture that fit who that crowd wanted to see. It fits who we'd like to see as well, cheering and a party and waving and song. Except that the crowd has misunderstood. We will see examples of that misunderstanding all week long, but, but here, during the parade, at the beginning of the week, they already have misunderstood. Here's their first mistake. When they sing that song to Jesus, that Hosanna song to Jesus, they are quoting Psalm 118. And Psalm 118 is all about being near God having God show up, go into God's sanctuary. That's what it's about. Save us, Lord, Hosanna, being near God. And so the crowd is singing that song, and then they remix it. They add a line that was never there. They sing Hosanna, and then they add, to the king of Israel. They add a line. The living God Drawing near to them, that was one thing, but they misunderstand and they want a king too. They want him here and now, not some other kingdom, some other day, king of Israel. So when Jesus hears their line, that they changed the song, he goes and finds a donkey to ride on, a donkey which all of Israel knew at the time, that if you came into a city riding a donkey, it meant that you came in peace, not in military power. But they misunderstood that too. They misunderstood his power. They're, they're following him. I read that part for you. They are following him to see miracles. They're following him to see magic tricks if miracles won't work. They want to see power. And they've misunderstood that his power is sitting on a donkey. His power is peace. Even the disciples are expecting something different. We're told even they misunderstand the meaning of what happens this week, of what begins at the parade and ends at the cross. They have believed for a while now that Jesus' movement was going to bring glory. They have been sure of it. He is great, and so only greatness can come. And that greatness is going to rub off on us as well. You remember they argue about it. They misunderstood. For Jesus, glory is the cross. Glory is sacrifice. And so on this day, on this gateway into Holy Week, all those parade goers, the ones we reenact this morning, they misunderstood what kingdom is, what power is, what glory is. Of course they did. How could they not? Jesus' version of those things is completely opposite to what they knew. So take caution. Take caution because it is different from what we know as well. So this past week, I did not want to have to tell that class of children this story. It's a hard story to tell. But the reason we tell it, the reason we don't just skip from this parade and the singing to the victory of Easter, the reason we don't skip it is because of the kingdom and the power and the glory. That's why we don't skip it. If we don't travel this whole week, we will never begin to understand what kingdom really is, what power really is, and what glory really is. We only learn that by taking caution this week, slowing down, keeping our eyes peeled for what we did not expect to see, There's a group of folks in this church who meet at the bakery district every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Come on by if you'd like, we aren't meeting this week. Do you like that for a plug? You're welcome to join us, just not this Wednesday. And that group's been studying the Lord's Prayer and the different sections of it. In fact, they just finished it. And because you have that Lord's Prayer memorized, you know the last line of it, what they finished with. That last line is, for thine is the kingdom, And the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For thine, for God's, is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Not ours, not what we would suppose them to be, but what he says they are. The group discussed, you know, how do we live as people who look for God's kingdom, power, and glory rather than look to the world's definitions of that. And I told them how there's some Christians who've given themselves a new title. The, there are some Christians who've started calling themselves resident aliens. Resident aliens. And here's why. They, they do that because we're supposed to have our feet in two different worlds. At the same time, we have one foot in this world here. We live here, for goodness sakes. We honor what God has created. We have work to do here. That's where one foot goes. We're residents. But we always have another foot that's supposed to be in another kingdom. This is not fully our home it is alien to us in some way we are just visiting we have another citizenship always those two feet we are resident aliens and we feel the tension of both worlds all the time this week this Holy Week is the citizenship exam for being a resident alien will we join With the crowds and and seek a king who solves all our problems, who is the winning candidate, who fights power with power and goes from victory to victory, if that's who we seek, then caution. The road is going to change. It's not going to be what you think it will be. God's kingdom and power and glory don't look like that. After all this, I think you are keenly aware why all those children wanted to go back to David. He's a lot more fun. All those adventures, we can understand that. In contrast, this week with Jesus has no escapes, no easily slayed giants, not even any best friends. But this week, It has something more. This week has the kingdom. And this week has the power. And this week has the glory. If only we will understand it. Amen.
1: Before we pray, I feel we need a quite proper Hosanna. How do we feel about this? Rob's on board. Hosanna! Caution when we wave these. Let us pray. Great and holy and merciful God, we gather before you as one people, Who have been called shaped and formed by jesus christ through your holy spirit we thank you for this call in our lives we thank you for the way it has shaped us and continues to form us as your disciples as we gather on this palm sunday we consider once more the week which lies ahead we consider the story which is unfolding before us the story which has been woven into the fabric of our world and our existence. And over the course of this week, we remember what this story teaches us about you and about ourselves, your followers. As we wave our palms this day, as we celebrate this day, we are ever mindful of the days which lie ahead the day of the institution of the Lord's Supper, the day of betrayal, the day of crucifixion, and the long-hoped-for day of resurrection. In this week particularly, help these stories to shape our lives. Help them to transform our days. Help them to call us into new ways of being and new ways of living Help them to reframe our hopes for the future and our understanding of the present. On this day, O Lord, we are ever grateful for the week which lies ahead. And as we begin this week, we are ever mindful of the worries and concerns which we carry in our hearts. And we take this moment of silent prayer today to offer to you Those worries, those fears, those anxieties, and those concerns. We are also mindful of those whom we love, those who are in need of your grace, your healing touch. And we offer these prayers allowed and in our hearts for particular people and situations. We pray especially this day for David Hornfisher, for Bruce King, for all those in need of your healing touch. Holy God, as we prepare to leave this place, send us into your world with gratitude and with hope. Help us to serve selflessly, to live humbly, and to walk always with you through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As you know, we don't pass an offering plate anymore these days. There's a basket right up here if you would like to give after the service. There's also a link online. But please receive this offering of music. Hosanna! i Let us pray. O God, we give you thanks for the many blessings you have bestowed upon us. We return our humble tithes and offerings to you, that they may be used for your glory in this place and throughout your world. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs)
0: Services Thursday and Friday, as a reminder, 6 p.m., if you would like to continue with us on this Holy Week journey. As you go out, I charge you with the prophet Micah's charge when he says, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you his peace now and forevermore. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Please greet one another in his name.